The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Because we had a 9.30 game in Germany, and for those of you who got up to watch the game, we've got a little period of time here before the 1 o'clock show, before the 1 o'clock games begin. Um, so we're going to carry you at least until that point uh, and kind of get your take on something. And I guess the good news uh, about the 9.30 game, Taylor, is that uh, it's over. And... Um, you know, and so for any Patriots fans out there uh, who are continually frustrated by losses, you almost ask a question. Uh, what is the worst thing that could happen? Uh, you know, and like how much, uh, you know, like, is there another rock bottom moment coming? Yes, is the answer. There is. Uh, there is another rock bottom moment coming. It might have come here. I guess losing to the Giants coming out of the bye might also be extremely bad, but we could be looking at a Bailey Zappi versus Tommy DeVito. Uh, 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 yeah. It, it, it's the first time I haven't said Danny. Is it Tommy? It's Tommy, yeah. It's Tommy. Tommy Hughes DeVito. Fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, matchup here because Mac Jones was benched in late in the fourth quarter of this game after throwing what arguably might have been the most horrific interception of his entire life. And that's hard to say, you know. I still think that one of the Cowboys, like all the way across the field, across his body, that was like up there, but this has got to be top five, top three. Like, easily. This was extremely bad. And also, I mean, the, their last trip, another trip into the red zone, he also threw a very pick worthy play. So he had a couple turnover worthy plays. But in addition to stuff you can even see here on the field, and again, it's always a did the Patriots do him dirty? Yeah, for sure. Uh, is the line struggling? Absolutely. Does he have weapons? Definitely not. But he's also so far in his head or so limited or just not able to do some of the stuff that the Patriots expected he would do that you can even see on regular game like in the live viewing of the game without even the benefit of all 22 and breaking it down him missing opportunities and open receivers on multiple occasions on third downs happy feet back foot throws uh just a lot of inexcusable stuff that's like quarterback 101 sort of stuff and that's before we even start to talk about you know trying to pressure the defense and push the ball downfield and you know do some other things and uh, it's just not there at all so i you know there's such a thing as games where they've benched Mac before and, you know, not really benched him. Uh, we've seen it, you know, this year already, I think twice. And it was more of a, well, the game's out of hand at that point. What are you going to do? What was the point of leaving him in sort of thing? This was a, this is the first time unequivocally, and I'm curious what Bill's going to say in the post game. This is the first time unequivocally that this was a benching with the game to be won and the game on the line. Mac Jones was benched in favor of Bailey Zappi, who Bill Belichick, you have to presume, thought gave them a better chance to drive the field and win. Predictably, it ended with a ridiculous interception that, uh, you know, Jason McCourty said that <laughs> that Zappi threw into a team meeting of Colts, uh, which is what he did. But it's really about Mac right now and whether or not, is it possible Mac Jones has lost his job for good here? I... <laughs> I still am processing because their quarterback situation is so bad. I really don't know. I don't know. And usually you would hope that maybe, I mean, like backup quarterback, not every team has a guy where they're comfortable just like, yes, put him in the game. But the fact that your starting quarterback is playing backup caliber level football and you have no one to potentially replace him with, you know, I, it makes it tough in these situations to know, are you going to keep with the guy who's struggling or potentially dig yourself an even deeper rock bottom by having Bailey Zappi start with a bunch of guys he doesn't have experience throwing to. And you'll, you'll remember, I said, even after the Cowboys came, like this is a team that could get worse. If you, if the offensive line gets even more banged up, if you start losing receivers that Mac Jones actually has faith in the product that you see could turn into like just disastrous, unwatchable football. And that's what we saw. The first half, almost every time he dropped back on a third down, the guy's getting sacked because his interior offensive line is just getting beat up on, which is especially discouraging considering that was the interior offensive line combo. It seemed like the best that they've had so far. And they just took, like, they regressed weeks. Um, and then on top of it, when Mac actually does have opportunities, like you said, he has turnover-worthy plays where he doesn't take advantage of two potential touchdowns. So bad, you had Bill O'Brien, you know, the teapot or whatever his, his nickname is, reaming him on the sideline clearly saying like you like throw there why are you not throwing there 
So he's missing opportunities. You had the Albert Breer story this week about how internally they're growing frustrated with him because there was a play where he checked to Mike Kosicki last week and didn't throw to him despite the fact he was wide open and said decided to tuck the ball and run from a clean pocket. And you, I think how you put it was perfect, that he's just been put in such bad positions that, you know, a lot of it is just him being in his head. But it's the NFL, man. You can't spend the entire season in your head. And it keeps bringing up the question of, I've been saying, well, Mac is still under a rookie contract. So if you go into the next season with him as your top quarterback, it's not the worst thing in the world because you're not paying him anything. And maybe you get somebody to push him as well, like a Jaden Daniels or somebody like that. At this point, like, it just there's not a lot to go on for Mac that makes you happy because for all the positives, there's just as many, if not more, negatives. And you know, I've been trying to find reasons to push the guy because I, I I like him as a person. I think he's a good fit in the locker room, but the on-field product is just. I feel like the best case scenario is that he's not the reason they lost, and the worst case scenario is he is exactly the reason that they lost, or exact at least one of the major reasons, and that's the case more often than not. Here's my th- thought on it, because it is it is a total institutional failure, top to bottom. We've gone over this. There's no reason to belabor it. Uh, it is, you know, a, a mess of Bill Belichick's doing, both in terms of personnel evaluation, uh, you know, how he's managed the coaching uh, and the product on the field at this point. You know, when you have control of everything, that means you control everything. And so we've 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 talked about this ad nauseum. But when it comes right now to Mac, the thing that like this is what you knew, right? When you had a person like Mac, the the book was cerebral, you know, it makes, it anticipates, uh, you know, gets through his progressions quickly. Th- those were the things that made you like, you know, I hate saying the Tom Brady comparisons, but the reason you believed that they would be okay. Um, and, but you knew uh, reduced arm strength um, and, uh, and, uh, oh, hold on. I'm being handed a coffee. That's, that's so Ooh, nice. That's nice. Yes, thank you. Oh. Thank you to my lovely wife. Um, uh, uh, you knew arm strength was an issue. Um, and the other thing that was an issue was he tends to get down on himself. You know, like he has a tough time rebounding from losses. And that didn't jive with the whole good mental makeup sort of aspect of him being a cerebral quarterback because those two things seem to be at odds up here, you know, like he's supposed to be able to see things quickly and get through stuff, but he's having a tough time bouncing back. Now you've thrown on top of it, seeing ghosts slash having lost faith in some of what's going on around him, both in terms of the personnel and the coaching and the the situation he was put in. You've got a problem right now because whether he's in his own head or his head is just who he is, he's not able to play quarterback at, at, at even a replacement level level on this team and that's where i want to say is you can excuse not excuse you can stack up every reason why things are going bad for the patriots and and be able to say okay you're right all of that stuff is bad but there are a lot of quarterbacks in this league dealing with bad situations who performing better on a consistent week-to-week basis than mac jones is and some of them do not have his pedigree okay so like Mm a dobbs in arizona you know like i'm not saying like this is a replacement level guy who's bounced around team to team to team to team goes in cold and, and leads it leads a team to victory after like two snaps uh, in Minnesota with a couple of available weapons at his disposal. Like it's all bad here, but a quarterback's got to be able to lift you a little bit and to yeah. play through some stuff. Not only is he not lifting you, he's actually hurting you. You know, he's playing at below replacement level right now. And that's, what's so bad is so, you know, I, it would be one thing if he was, I mean, God, I long for last year's Mac, you know, like, and, and that, and that was a regression from year one, you know? And that's the thing where last season, and I think at the beginning of this season, like through at least two weeks, the conversation was okay. Mac isn't playing well, but most people wouldn't play well in this situation where, you know, he got the benefit of the doubt of like, yeah, you're really struggling and you're trying your best. Like no one's going to act like another quarterback would go in there and really be able to elevate all or rise all ships. But I think the biggest, and obviously I think people understood that he and Matt and Tom Brady physically kind of had similar profiles, but they were very different people. And I think the mental makeup that you bring up is exactly why. So Tom Brady, 
in college had the whole thing where like he got down on himself too. Like if you look deep enough, I know there's some special where they talk to like his uh, psychologist or something from college when he wanted to transfer out of Michigan. And the guy was like, dude, you got to stay here and like fight it out or else you're just going to basically keep bouncing around from program to program, stick it out and like earn your way here because Tom was really in his own head. And then from that experience, obviously he becomes Tom Brady where anytime the Patriots have their back against the wall, anytime things seem tough, you look at him and you're like, this guy is not going to let us fail because to a legitimately maniacal degree that should be studied by scientists, the man <laughs> is like allergic to losing. And there is nothing in the world that he seems to fear more than losing football games. So you knew that resiliency was there and he wasn't going to get so in his head that it took him out of the game. Even when he went to the Buccaneers, every week these guys are saying, when you have Tom Brady on the field, you know you have a chance to win the game which is an incredible relief on a football team where a lot of it is mental. Like you can say that the mentality and, you know, momentum isn't a thing, but players will tell you it's a thing. And that if you have confidence going into the field, that's a huge difference maker. This team doesn't have that confidence. It feels more like the attitude is something's going to go wrong. What's it going to be rather than we're going out here, we're going to get it done because they have no reason to go onto the field and expect something to go right. Because for the past two, three years, it's been the same thing where the defense gives you an opportunity to come back and you can't do it. It's in as bad as the defense has been at points. Like, the stat sheet's going to make this defense look a lot better than it was. And sure, they made some plays when they had to, but it was not a good performance. The pass rush was non-existent, and there were a ton of times where uh, Colts had opportunities for big plays they couldn't capitalize on. But even still, you had a chance to come back, and your quarterback was so bad, you had to put in the backup to try to give yourself a shot at winning so, the game. Just, oh. The narratives that no, you're a hundred percent right. And the only reason I'm jumping in here uh, is not because the, you know, the rant had to stop at some point. We, you know, that wasn't the point. Uh, you're on a roll here. I will say that uh, reporting coming out of uh, Germany right now is that Mac Jones was led, um, you know, with a towel over his head uh, into uh, the, uh, this is coming from uh, Volan. Uh, Mac Jones shirtless under towel just went into the x-ray room. Who knows if injury uh, had anything to do with being lifted there. It would be quite the um, convenient. Uh, I'm not wouldn't call it a lie that he was hurt on the very last play that he made. I didn't see anything that he did there that would have resulted in an injury, but it's possible he did something or something happened to him earlier in the game that they're checking out right now. So we'll see, but he's, on his way into the x-ray room right now. So we're not really going to get answers on that. And I doubt we're going to get answers on whether or not he was benched here, but I am waiting. And Amit, you know, our producer here, just keep an eye out um, uh, for any um, post-game commentary that kind of explains what's going on with the Mac Jones situation here because it is um, it is bad. Uh, so again, I don't know, Taylor. It's the Colts. I, I, let's let's go everything that led up to this point. It's the Colts, and it's um, it's six points. It's six po It's six points. Six points. Th three of which you got on a pretty good opening drive. Six points. Oh, and they also didn't capitalize on Jelani. So one, the only thing that made me happy about this game was that my my keys to the game was spot on. I freaking crushed it. So I said, that did you, you say pass rush because they didn't get much? But yeah. Oh yeah, that was. I but did anyway, say create keys? and capitalize on turnovers, mentioning Jelani Tabai having his little great season. They created the turnover. They couldn't capitalize because you go – I think that was the play where they missed the field goal, right? Or was it just a punt? I honestly – these those drives just bleed together. They're so ugly. Uh, but yep. they created the turnover, couldn't capitalize on it. I said you got to run the ball. Run, run, run the ball because this defense doesn't have Grover Stewart, one of the best nose tackles in the league. The, That's uh, the, your key. The, the, interception was the, the interception was in the uh, second quarter, correct? Okay, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that that was the one that led to the missed field goal. I, be, I okay. believe. Yeah, so you don't capitalize when you get an opportunity. You get a prime opportunity. No, to be, go beginning of third. Beginning of third. First okay. drive of the third is where it was. Yep, that's where okay. it was. Yeah, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sure, like you, it's really hard to keep these monotonous, ugly drives together in your head. Uh, but, yeah, you create the opportunity. You don't capitalize on it. They run the ball. There was also the questionable decision on, I think it was third and four, to pass – when you're clearly in four-down territory and the run game's working, you're telling me they couldn't have gotten four yards in that situation? I don't buy that. So, you know, I'm not going to put it all on the play calling because I don't think that was what lost in the game. I think it was just poor execution from several different places. But, gosh, man, six points against this defense. Like, I'm not saying the Colts are total pushovers by any means, but that's 
pretty pathetic, especially David Andrews said it, as he's been saying week in and week out, we have opportunities to score two touchdowns you leave on the board. And then on top of it, just the missed field goal that just, it's, it's ugly from this offense, ugly from this team, special teams. You also have the errors. Um, you have the big return touchdown. I'm going to see in my notes right here. What was the other one? Uh, they had Behringer, obviously. I had two touchbacks uh, with pretty good position to pin the Colts. Chad Ryland misses the 35-yard field goal, essentially a chip shot for an NFL kicker. And then, like I said, the defense, no pass rush. The coverage broke down a few times, and the Colts just couldn't capitalize. I will say the run defense stood up in this game. They, you know, bent and broke a bit in the first drive, and they got it together. Great job by them. It's the only position or uh, part of the game that you can really give any credit to because it was just an ugly performance, most ugly on offense. But I'm sure that when I go back to the All-22 and look at the defense, it's not going to look a whole lot better because it seemed like a lot of what we've seen the past few weeks where there's a lot of these big play opportunities downfield. Tua and uh, again with the Dolphins and uh, Sam Howell for the Commanders were able to capitalize on it. Gardner Minshew did at times but couldn't consistently. But, you know, it, this is a game that I would put a lot of the blame on Mac Jones for the fact that you had a chance to win the game and couldn't put it together. But it just all phases of the game just didn't do enough. Again, I mean, except for the run defense. The- uh, and the the in the, the run game. game, I'm sorry. In the run game, of course, I'm sorry. In the run game, in the run game. Yeah, I mean, look, I, this thing is on a platter, right? I mean, as bad as Mac was, Minshew was close. You know, without without much of a pass rush, he went back and he's a me. I mean, the rush wasn't coming, and he's just just you know happy feet the whole time. He's just he 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 looked like he was under siege and nothing was coming, and he's just you know. Oh, right. Moving around in the pocket with no need. He could have stood in the pocket for 10 seconds half the time. And then, you know, he, he's just running and scrambling and throwing on the run and overthrowing open receivers. I mean, you know, a competent quarterback in this game's 24 to six. And we're not even talking about needing to bench Mac Jones and get Bailey Zappi in for the last play. I mean, this was, this was a joke. So, uh, you know, it's where we're at right now uh, and where we've been at, but it's just, I, the last thing I'll say on the Mac Jones situation, I think one of the rushes to like, I know, I know people like to like, it's on this, it's on that. Or anytime you mention some of the stuff we talked about here, Taylor, like it seems like excuse making for Mac. I don't think people want to make it. I think one of the things that's cathartic about saying it's Mac and Mac's the problem is it would be more comforting. I think to people to know that it's one thing as opposed yeah. to everything. And mm-hmm the reality is it's kind of everything, but if you were to fix one thing and one thing only, you kind of wonder what that thing needs to be more than anything. And I know people are just going to be looking at those standings, the reverse standings, where are the Patriots and are they going to be able to get a quarterback? And if not, are they going to be able to get Marvin Harrison jr? Uh, As if that's going to fix everything. I'm going to say the least Xanus, least sexiest thing of all, you got to fix the line first. Uh, you, you need, you need, I, I'm not saying you can't fix other things as well, but if your priority isn't to get that sh- like shorn up or at least your left tackle situation shorn up, be it free agency trade or the draft, uh, you're just not going to be able to do anything here. You can't put anybody back there and have them. I mean, the Colts had, the Colts aren't a, a heavy pass rush team and they're sacking Mac five times, you know? in the first half alone. I mean, it's just, it's just sad right now. Uh, And I don't know whether you can count on Trent Brown long-term. So, I mean, you're really looking at zero tackles entering next season. That's a problem, you know? Um, And if if on when who walks, you really don't even have your swing tackle in that position, in that situation. They let him walk. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak out. So you got, you have problems there. You need a little bit of everything. And I know it's sexy, but like you bring a quarterback, a, a better quarterback here and you put him behind this, I, you know, I don't know what happens, but. And you're uh, absolutely right. But it's the fact that they're Max whole thing. is just like, if the play is there, he'll make it. That's his whole thing. And the fact that week in and week out, it's the same situation where they have plays that can win them a game and an egregious error on his part is holding them back. Like it's football. Everybody always says it comes down to fewer than like 10 plays in the course of a game 
that win or lose it for you. And as the quarterback, the guy who's going to probably have the ball in all the most important situations, more often than not, it's going to fall to you to be able to, that's what we always talk about, like making people around you better. Sometimes it's not necessarily the perfectly thrown ball or making something out of nothing and, you know, uh, being able to capitalize when things break down. It's not always that. Sometimes it's literally just making the plays that are there to be made that put you ahead. And the fact that he's not doing that, is where, yes, like 100%, the pass protection, obviously, especially in the first half, wasn't good enough. It's hard to tell why, but it didn't seem like the receivers were getting a lot of separation either. But when you can win the game and you don't, and you're the quarterback who's the most important person on the field, it's going to fall to you. And it's it's one thing if it's a one thing in a while kind of situation where, you know, there's a couple times you could point to Mac didn't do enough, but really he more often than not does. That's a different situation where, like, he's not perfect. Like, quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. But we're talking multiple plays every week that he doesn't follow through on. And I don't want to say it's all on him, but it's impossible to take him out of the spotlight when you do have chances. Like, it's not like in the first couple weeks of the season where receivers are dropping, or even like last week even, where receivers are dropping big catches they need to make or the pass rush is giving up pressure in like less than two seconds. It's not even always that. There's plays where he has time and guys are open and he's not following through. So I'm going to ask a follow-up question here in terms of Mac Jones because it's not as simple as, well, get rid of him. Because if they had somebody in the wings, they would. And if they spent a draft pick this year on a depth quarterback, which they probably maybe should have, uh, you might have somebody in there in the wings, especially if they had kind of already made a judgment on Zappi. This is a person who they cut uh, coming out of camp, or maybe they thought Zappi could press him and saw things they didn't like when they got to training camp. And that's a miscalculation there uh, on their part, which is a shame because again, they spent fourth round draft capital. That's kind of where you're taking flyers on quarterbacks. Uh, You know, they spent fourth round draft capital on Zappi, a guy who people didn't really necessarily even like that high. And that's not a capable backup or one who can threaten uh, a potential starter who isn't playing well. So there's another issue. There's another area where you're uh, deficient on this team. Uh, I'm going to ask a Mac question. Uh, you know, uh, when we get, uh, when we uh, continue on here. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you get your player props, you get over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online, real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online, real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Another thing we'll tell you about if you want to uh, bet smarter, uh, go to Odds Are. This is a really good deal as well. Oddsr.com slash press pass. It's not a sports book. It helps you make the right bet. If you go to oddsr.com slash press pass and you download the app, you get a 30-day free trial. This is advice. This is betting advice using AI and machine learning uh, that will help you make smarter bets uh, to make sure that you are kind of doing the right thing and not just anger betting after you lose the one o'clocks and loading up on the fours. Uh, check out what odds are. <laughs> check out what oddsr.com has to tell you uh, about that. So uh, let's get back into it. Uh, you know, again, on the Mac conversation, uh, Bailey Zappi, by the way, this is from Amit, interviewed after the game, said 100% believes he can be New England starter. So Bailey entered this sure year thinking does. it was a, I'm sure he I know. Does. It's adorable. <laughs> but Bailey entered this year thinking it was a quarterback competition, and Mac very clearly from day one didn't treat it as such. Mac was like, yeah, I'm the starter, obviously, but, you know, it's nice that Bailey's there to kind of, you know, carry my, uh, you know, carry my helmet and pads when I need him to. Like, that was his kind of affect. And honestly, you wanted to see that from a starter. Tom Brady never assumed he was entering camp as a, as a, in a competition. So he even said when it, but he never believed it. <laughs> he yeah, was, was yeah, like, oh well, yeah, he, every year you he, come in and fight com- for your job. <laughs> 
he competed like it uh, for right. sure. Uh, and he treated Jimmy like it, like he was coming for something. But my question is this. Um, whether or not you move on from Mac Jones the rest of this season, whether or not you move on from Mac Jones next season, I'm not sure they necessarily do either, honestly. Uh, would you say definitively at this point, after what you've seen through the first 10 games of this season, that it's fair to make a determination or that they may have already made a determination? He's not him. Like, he's not the guy they're rolling forward with. Whether they use him as a stopgap while they draft other people or bring in a free agent to press him for his job next year because they don't think a significant upgrade is in the cards, whether it be draft position or just nothing available to them. Um, and they run it back with Mac, but start to improve all other things and bringing in some competition in some form or another. Do you believe they know we've got to address the quarterback situation and Mac's definitely not our long-term option? Absolutely. I think they've known that they for know. a few weeks. Um, you, you, you're certain now. Like, you don't yeah. think you I think mean, I, he might be I, redeemable, but you think here, not not the case. Yeah, I think that it was pretty clear that, one, the offense needs to be better around him. But I also don't think that after seeing what you've seen, you want to, if you're going to have high draft capital, pigeonhole yourself into an offense where the quarterback can only do a handful of things, knowing that you've also hogtied him to the point where he can barely do the things he does well because you have fried his mental process and his confidence. So I think if this is an organization that has any level of accountability, they were saying, yes, we do probably need to keep looking at quarterbacks just because there's a possibility that you have truly thoroughly ruined Mac Jones, who I think could be like a backup for you. And even still, I and I you sound like Mac Jones I sound is, crazy. Mac Jones is the guy who shows up in a situation with like Baker Mayfield as your competition and wins mm. the job out of camp, but isn't right. like holding yeah. on to it. I think that's where he goes next. He's not going somewhere. I don't think he, the next his next stop would be to back up uh, 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 legit, he's not going to back up Joe Burrow in Cincinnati with no path outside of injury to playing. I think mm -hmm. he's going to a situation where he's got a shot to fight for a job. Um, if he if he were to move on his, from he's here, he's on his rookie deal, and I don't know if anybody would trade for him. Like, what are you really going to give up? A, I don't what, think are you going to take like a fifth round pick, right? And if you did, it would be a late round pick. Where I don't think like yeah. you still have a quarterback on a rookie deal. You know, think of him as your new Bailey Zappi. You get rid of so, Bailey Zappi. All right, Mac Jones is probably your backup as you look to try to usher in a new era at quarterback because I think you just need to start fresh. And if, if they really do get pieces for this offense, like you see in free agency, they get good pieces for the offensive line. They get at least one or two guys where you're like, okay, whoever's a quarterback for this team, I feel more confident knowing they're throwing to these players. I think then at that point you go into the draft saying, if we can get a generational talent like a Joe Alt or like a Marvin Harrison Jr., I think you do that more if, if you're not in Drake May or Caleb Williams range. You know, Jaden Daniels, if you have more of like a close to a top 10 pick, I would say kind of lean towards him because he's got such a dynamic, such dynamic athleticism and talent. Uh, but really, I think this is a team that just needs really good football players more than they even need a great quarterback. That's a crappy position to be in where you have huge needs at tackle and wide receiver. And you also aren't very confident in your quarterback because at least if it's one or the other, you know, that's not a huge problem. You just have to make sure you spend resources to address it. Yeah. They need talent more than they need a quarterback. And it's another reason why as frustrating as Mac Jones has been, and as much as I don't feel confident in just saying he's going to fix it after, you know, you give him an offseason and new talent, you also kind of have backed yourself into a corner where Mac Jones could feasibly be your best option at quarterback next season because you have to use your premium capital capital at other premium spots. It's, it's a really uh, it's a it's a really bad situation they put themselves in. Coming from the uh coming from the locker room or from the press room, I should say, uh, right now regarding the question of has Mac Jones lost his starting job for good? Bill Belichick was asked, why was Mac Jones benched? Um, and his answer, I just thought it was time for a change. As for who they will start moving forward, Bill Belichick said, we will worry about next week, next week. So again, when, when dealing with Bill Belichick, one thing uh, you know we've all learned over the years is uh, it's not what he tells you. It's comparing it to what he did or didn't tell you the last time. Um, and so when that deviates, uh, then you start to wonder what's going on here. Every other up, every other time where Mac got benched, even last year, it was either, you know, it, I'll say last year was weird. Last year, there was a bit of a cat and mouse, you know, uh, 
punishment, weird, you're going to learn sort of thing here. Um, uh, also, Juju says he was surprised uh, Mac was benched. So I don't know whether that was... Uh, I'm the, surprised he was surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised Juju is even allowed to be surprised by anything other than his own play right now. But um, Belichick... Uh, so w- what Belichick has said in the other instances this year where Mac might have been pulled or underperformed about these questions... It unequivocally, definitively max the guy going forward without hesitation, like dismissing it. There's no quarterback competition. Max our guy. Mac will be starting, um, which is what he did with Cam Newton in year one when people were asking for Jarrett Stidham to come in. We're not going to talk about this. You know, it's it's Cam's job. He would say that every time. This is the first time he has said uh, that uh, this was a this was a game decision to take him out. Thought it was mm-hmm. time for a change. And I don't know. I'm not going to commit to who the starter is. When coaches don't commit to who the starter is, I'd say nine times out of 10, they make a change Um, when they're evaluating. Uh, They just haven't announced it yet. I would not be stunned if Bailey Zappi is the quarterback when they face the Giants. Um, Simply for the fact that Something you gotta try. I that's a tough face. That's it. Yeah, I know. That's how I, know. I feel. That's so. Oh, like man. Even this morning, I woke up for this game. I'm like, I feel guilty that I am so not looking forward to covering a football game. Like I've been dreading this game all weekend and just tried to like hype myself up. Like it's not gonna be that bad. It'll be fine. It was maybe worse than I expected. And to think that their next game in two weeks could have Zabby versus DeVito. Like I am physically ill. That's yeah. So you use, you use pick one on Marvin Harrison. You use the Belichick pick on a tackle. You sign T Higgins. And then what roll with who roll? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I guess like these are not good options, but like, I mean, you roll with Mac if you can't get another quarterback, but I mean, I just, Especially if this continues. Like, if we don't get a game where Max shows, it's like, huh, you know, he can overcome all the slop to put a good performance together. If we don't get one of those, then it just, it's such a hard conversation to have because, I mean, they could, if they're in position to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, then it's fine because those are the only two players I think who warrant really first round consideration. Where I wouldn't feel kind of gross because you're giving up yeah. a chance. Like everything I said, else is a, everything else five. is a flyer. It's not right. a certainty. Like, yeah. I, I don't love I don't love Jaden Daniels because I think he's super talented, but he also has Penix, no regard for his body. Sanders, there's so many guys who just don't necessarily know. Patriots, by the way, by with, with the benefit of this loss are now in the third position here with Carolina. That's some and good the, news. Let's go. With with Carolina and the Panthers, both at one and eight, the Patriots are at two and eight. The uh, I mean, uh, Car- uh, Carolina and the Panthers, the Panthers <laughs> and the Cardinals, I should say, at one and eight. Uh, the Giants will be two and eight later today. That's almost certainty when they play the Dallas Cowboys with uh, DeVito at quarterback. Uh, that could be a game where more defensive points are scored than offensive points. So uh, enjoy that if you've got Dallas D in fantasy. Uh, and then the um, you know the Patriots are two and eight right now. The Bears winning uh, took them out of the two win conversation. Uh, all of a sudden, I, you know you're looking at that schedule. The Giants game is certainly winnable regardless who's at quarterback. And in fact, that's when you expect the Patriots to win because the Giants without Daniel Jones might be the most sad sack team out there. Uh, though it's really close. Uh, and then everything else after that, you're looking at Pittsburgh, Denver, and the Jets as kind of potentially winnable matchups down the stretch here. Could the Patriots get to six wins? Yes. In order to get a top three pick, they probably need to they probably need to max out at three. If they go to five, they're going to be somewhere in the four, five, six, seven, eight range. So that's kind of what you're looking at. Um, so I hate saying root for losses, but it, if you're, you know, you know. You don't if, have a choice anymore. I've been like, I've been the one on this show who's like, you know, like still, I understand people will still want to have fun at this point. Like you're a sadist. If it's you like, are rooting for this team to win, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to date myself, but the frost, anyone, anyone who ever ate frosted flakes, there was a duality of your personality, you know, like, you know, the, the, the kid in me wants to see them win, but the grown up uh, really <laughs> knows that they need to, they need to lose the grown up side of us understand that. Yeah, they need to. <laughs> they need to find a way not to win it's these games. Because the thing is, they're so the... bad. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, my bad. I just got no, no, no. Jump in, jump in. Yeah. It's just like you. You would at least want moral victories, right? Like if it's a bad team that's rebuilding, you still, you know, you may not be rooting for a win, but when they get one, you're still kind of excited. You're like, hey, they got some fight in them to go into the next season. The lack of 
fight that we've seen. I don't want to say lack of fight because the defense has still been giving them chances. But from what we've seen, like, I just a win would feel yucky. Really, like, I would feel good for them and maybe, like, they get some morale. But, like, if you're going to be on this team next season, do you really want to win another game? Honestly, need- like, we're... We also want to tell you about LinkedIn Talent Solutions here. Uh, These days, every new potential hire can feel like high stakes wager for your small business. We've got a small business, Taylor, growing every day, but small. Still, you want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates like Taylor. Uh, And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Um, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team fast and free. Um, and we have used this quite a bit and we have uh, found a lot of really good talent by uh, using this uh, LinkedIn talent solutions here. Uh, and it really is our primary kind of go-to every time we have an opening here at CLNS Media. Uh, and we just actually filled quite a few openings through uh, LinkedIn. So, um, you know, oh, I think we onboarded three people uh, last week, Taylor. I'm not, hey, we did, we did. Family getting bigger. Family is growing. So it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one delivering quality. Um, so all you have to do is uh, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash beat and Patriots beat, which Taylor Kyles is on, on the Patriots beat. Um, LinkedIn.com slash beat, post your job for free terms and conditions apply. It's not the wins and losses. What you need is you can achieve both by just feeling that directionally you're, you're making progress in some ways. It's not even the wins. I think if you've, I mean, I don't know. Sure, they would have felt good if they came back and won this one. But I think mm-hmm. no matter what, you're looking back offensively and you're like, yeah. let's pretend Ryland didn't miss that field goal. It was 10-9 and they get down and they win this one 12-10. It's still pretty gross. You don't feel yeah. great about anything. You don't feel great about your direction. You haven't turned a corner. You're not doing anything you know, right necessarily uh, that's like sustainable. It's just we happened to beat a team that was – worse than we were in this case and yeah yeah, winning feels better than losing uh at this point i think though that's that's actually what i believe is the main reason uh max should probably not start next week is uh, you have to do something different uh and that's the easiest thing that you can do to change you're really kind of limited like you don't have enough what are you going to do shuffle the offensive line to prove a point or whatever like no you got to play the bodies that you have same thing that you know they've already had issues in the defensive backfield with these guys and discipline problems and blah 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 there's simply not enough bodies to get creative they've already done it on the receiver side i mean look who's playing and look who's getting in there you know I want to see the snap counts when it's all over, but you can definitely see a little bit of a flip here in terms of, uh, you know, who's out there. So they have to try something new at the quarterback position. And I think to give the other guys some sort of hope, the locker room might be divided on it, but you have to, that's how you let them know you're kind of fighting, uh, you know, for them. Uh, Mac Jones, by the way, came out of the x-ray, said he's okay, just has a little bruise. So I wouldn't have even admitted to the bruise. I would have been like, no, I'm fine. Mac got got a (laughs) boo-boo. They took him to his, uh, to the x-ray room. Everything is fine. Um, And that's that. So uh, again, the conversation now with the bye week, the conversation is going to center around Mac Jones for two, two straight weeks. Um, But there was other, I know, I know your favorite. Uh, There was other stuff to talk about here. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I, I let's, I'll put a, I'll put some uh, before we're going to finish with something good, but first off, we have to keep going here um, on the, on the negative train. Cause I kind of took a shot at Juju and we might as well hammer it all the way home. Still nothing, still nothing. I mean, they went three, they went three series without targeting a receiver. I got to ask, and I'm going to, I'm going to quickly jump from Juju into uh, Douglas like there's legit only one person worth throwing to here ever. And I know that 30, 40 of these yards were garbage, but yeah. this is the only man beater they have on the team right now. The only guy who can, you know, uh, beat man coverage, everything else has to be schemed open again, again, Taylor, they're starting this game with Mike Kosicki as their third receiver. Uh, it's just, there's just nobody out there, but Demario, I guess is, is kind of it right now. Yeah, man. Like even Gesicki had that nice catch on the th- first third down that they had. Yeah. Uh, but yep. just, and then with Juju. So I think there was the one where um, 
he got the second penalty he got called for might have been on Mac. I kind of have to go through it again and see exactly who kind of screwed up there. And he did have Juju did have a nice catch on the sideline where like I don't know what Mac was doing. There were a couple of sideline throws that were not good. Demario bailed him out at one pretty early on. Um, I know there was one route that Demario ran where I think he was more trying to get a flag than run a route, which I didn't like when you were a rookie. Like you don't have enough clout to expect that you're going to get a flag thrown for you. Um, but I mean, the receiver situation is bad. It's just, it's gross. They don't have, like you said, DeMario's the only one who can separate. I have to look at the film and see why he didn't get more targets. But the fact that his first one came, I think it was like in the second quarter or like really like way too late in the game for it to have been the first time he touched the ball was pretty way too odd. Late. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, there's also like, I don't know if he was open and Mac didn't have time because the pass rush was getting home so quickly in the first half. It's just, again, it's, it, there's so much bad. It's kind of hard to understand what went wrong and who was at fault where until you actually see the film because you don't have anything to hang your hat on as this yeah. team. It's like, sure, it's Demario Douglas, the sixth round rookie, who I don't want to like, I don't want to use sixth round rookie and undercut what Demario Douglas has done. Because for a rookie, you know, he's been pretty solid regardless. But that's the reality is that you're funneling your offense through your running backs, your sixth round rookie uh, receiver. And then everyone else is kind of getting peppered in, and it still doesn't really do much for you. So, I mean, it's just another example of how there's so little for this offense to have confidence in. Or for, like, when I'm looking, when I was looking at the Colts and I'm trying to prepare, like, what can the offense do to take advantage? It's gotten to the point where I can't even really look at the pass defense for other teams because there's nothing you can expect the Patriots are going to exploit consistently. There's literally yeah. nothing. So, it's, it's, yeah. it's just so frustrating and exhausting that we're not even that close to the end of the season. And I just don't even know what you do with this offense. It's not even it's Thanksgiving all- yet. They always say, oh, it's what do you do after Thanksgiving? Well, I don't, I don't, by the end of Thanksgiving, I'm hoping that they're putting in the people at the bottom of the depth chart so that they're trying to secure some losses. Because and I, I hate saying that. It sounds like I'm sensationalizing or whatever, but really, truly, we're pat. And I've, I've been on this show and said that, you know, there's still a point where I think they should try to fight. But now you're, I think, really the only positive you get out yeah. of this season is maybe I, they have a good effort at some point, but really you're just going for draft position. I've said that before, but teams don't really tank because you can't, it's just, football's <laughs> not, no, meaning football's not the sport you can do it because as we said, yeah. people are risking their like lives, you know, like it's yeah. just not the sport you can hang people out to dry, start to experiment and try to lose because guys are out there and they could get freaking mauled. So it's just not that kind of sport where you can just, you know, like, but to that well, point, but to that point, how far do you go until you start saying these are players that I don't want to get hurt? Maybe you start like I'm not. I'm the yeah, one who was all against like, like the young guys a, of a preseason game. Yeah, legitimately, because if you're yeah. like losing, if you have no shot at even having a respectable record, like you have two wins going into the last three games of the season. When do you start giving thought to like let's just preserve some of these guys? I am genuinely asking because I don't know how teams talk about these situations. But do you really want a guy like a Mike and Wenu out there in the second to last game of the season when there's nothing to play for, knowing that you might want to re-sign him or keep him on the team as a guy who gets hurt pretty regularly? Like, I, you actually have to start having the conversation of do you play the young guys and just keep some of your veterans who are consistently guys that get banged up from getting hurt? When do you even start having that conversation? That's where we're at right now, or at least not yeah. now right now. But I think you have to start <laughs> thinking – do they start giving the young guys opportunities just to save and preserve some of their older players so they're not just out there playing for nothing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's no playbook for it in New England, at least. A um, couple other tidbits uh, in terms of uh, Mac uh, and Bill. Uh, one, uh, Mac was asked why he didn't. First things first. Wait, Mac was asked why they didn't attempt the uh, Hail Mary at the end of the first half there from 55 yards away. You know, and people like myself joked on Twitter, you know, he doesn't have the arm. Well, Bill Belichick has alluded to that before last year when he said he can't throw it that far. Um, but I think it really it's a multifactorial decision, which is a bad things happen with this old line when we drop back, wait for our receivers to get downfield and then have Mac rear back to throw it because all of that takes time. And the worst thing that could possibly happen right now is sack turnover and whatever on a low percentage play. So let's wrap it up. I think that's really what the decision is. But when, when Mac is asked about it, his answer was no clue. Those aren't great. Like 
those are the types of things that get back like to Bill and it's not great. The no clue, ask Bill sort of stuff, um, you know, is never awesome. Uh, He was also asked about whether Belichick believes in him. He said to make people believe you have to play better. I don't know. So that's uh, a couple of things. Here um, is the bite we alluded to earlier with Bill Belichick talking about uh, Mac Jones and whether or not I think he's the guy going forward. I think that's what we have here. Uh, take a listen. So what made Bailey Zaki the best option for that quarterback? Yeah, I just thought it was time for a change. Mike Reese, the front Bill, row far right. Bill, was any of that related to injury? Yeah, uh, look, I made a decision. That's what it was. And we'll deal with it next week, next week. Second row? Bill, do you still have faith in Mac Jones as your quarterback? I have faith in all our players. You know, he can't do much better there. But, (laughs) like, that's a standard answer. But, like, there's what else are you going to get out of that? Not a lot, honestly. Like, that's where it's going to be. And that's what you're going to get there from Bill. Um, And it's not great, but you're not going to get an answer today. Um, It's going to be a two-week drag-out situation here on whether or not, um, you know, Mac Jones has, in fact, lost his starting job for good or at least lost it temporarily to see whether Bailey Zappi can come in and give them a spark. So that's kind of where we're at and where we'll kind of be at. Do we want to say say something positive? Sure. The run game Andre looks good. Stevenson still looks good. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, Andre Stevenson no, still I mean, good. here's the thing, though. This is... So again, if you look at every year post Brady, okay, what do you do? You bring in Cam Newton, you play bully ball. Everybody hates it because they want to be able to throw. Cam Newton isn't able to throw when you're down. He's not able to drive you down the field when you need to. Your ceiling is capped, but your floor is raised because you know that you can just go out there and pound the rock and you have a quarterback who could do the same um, and you can run for 200 yards a game. And that gave them, you know, a modicum of success, but also, you know, made for some really ugly football and coming off of Tom Brady, that just wasn't what people wanted to see. You see some progress in Mac Jones year one, and you start thinking maybe this can be a quick strike, Josh McDaniels, sort of, you know, offense where we get 10, 11, 12 play drives down the field and everything's working with precision timing and yak and all of that stuff. Um, you know, and then you have the regression in year two and we, we are where we are here, but the worst part about it is I, uh, the lot they can't, they haven't been able to run the ball effectively. So when you see this, it actually gives you some hope. If what you're hoping for are victories, as we've established here, that's not the case necessarily for everybody. Being able to do this keeps you competitive. Um, to be able to do that, so I mean, and you could say there's some pretty good things happening interior. You know, a city sow. So are we saying so or sow? So so like so. So they said sow on the broadcast, I and so. I got it backwards. <laughs> city so. Yeah, I don't know what so, I was rhyming, but I don't think it was so sewing. <laughs> needle pulling thread. Uh, yes, uh, so city so um, that um, they, there's some they, they were, I mean, they were pushing that line back. Some of those, some of those carries, they were you know four yards downfield before before first contact. Um, what was different here, other than you know Colts just maybe not having a you know a formidable front. Uh, yeah, I think that was a lot of it. I couldn't see how often they were slanting and stuff and whether that was a part of it because that's one of the big things they've had issue with is when there's movement up front because they don't have a lot don't of chemistry. need to worry about protecting downfield that much. So most teams mm-hmm. have guys close to the line of scrimmage when they're playing the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it was really just they were able to overpower those guys. Like the Colts don't have a lot of great run defenders inside um, besides DeForest Buckner, but he's pretty hit or miss because he's so aggressive. He'll just fly upfield sometimes. And then Grover Stewart is one of the best nose tackles in football. I think you could argue he's probably the, not the best. You got guys like uh, Vita Vea, uh, but he's one of the best there is at stopping the run. And he was suspended six games. I think that was really just what it came down to. And also their linebackers, when they're not protected, and they're not flying downhill. They have a lot of trouble just getting off blocks. So I think that had a lot to do with it. The contact balance was also really, really good from uh, Mondre and Zeke. Also want to give Zeke his flowers. He had good runs. He stepped in when uh, Ramondre Stevenson. You couldn't even write it better. Like, obviously terrible. Back pain sucks. But the fact that Ramondre Stevenson was out with a <laughs> back injury while literally carrying the team, 
Chef's kiss. I'm not happy yeah. he got hurt, but oh my god, that was like so insanely perfect. Uh, and then, yeah. like I said, Zeke came in and did a great job as well. I hope that Stevenson's okay long term. But um, you know, that's really the only positive he got is I think the Patriots were able to exploit a bad run defense, not often enough, clearly. Um, but you know, it's some signs of hope in just an offense that has looked more inept than you might have even been able to expect through uh, the past two weeks without Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And Taylor and I don't really get to uh, watch the games together. Usually he's there. Um, Sometimes I'm there too, uh, but I kind of let him do his thing. Uh, But I did uh, catch a glimpse of of Taylor there uh, right after that interception was thrown from Mac. And uh, this is what it looked like right here. And yeah, he was pretty... I'm at busy behind the scenes. <laughs> he was pretty bummed out. He's pretty bummed out uh, about this, uh, about this loss. And you know, it is, he didn't sign on for this, right? This isn't I'm what texting the Patriot for. scouts. Like, so what's this QB ca- class looking like? Huh? Alex Barth, you know, Matt grow, all those guys. <laughs> he didn't sign on for this. Okay. He came here to cover the six time Super Bowl champion Patriots. Okay. Um, and let me address so, real quick the whole quarterback. I've seen people asking who I'd want a quarterback, what I want Cam. I I don't like Cam as much as I did back in the day because he said some pretty dumb stuff since then. Um, but no, I don't want Cam Newton back because if you take a quarterback who has no experience in this offense and just pluck him in, especially to Bill O'Brien's scheme, that would be really, really ugly. Cam Newton, there is no quarterback that is a legitimate option for this team. There's no one they're getting off the street. They can't trade for anybody anymore. Your best case scenario is that Will Greer is, you know, just someone that we've never seen before. I still don't think he's going to play, though. I still think it's going to be Mac or it's going to be Bailey. And if Bailey's in the game, I think that you have some serious, serious long-term problems at quarterback because it truly means that this team has maybe given up on Mac Jones and you have no idea what that could look like long-term. So, yeah, to adjust the quarterback situation, there's no good answer. There's no escape well, plan. There's no backup. There's You have what you have and you have to live with it. Well, the best question, honestly, is um, it, let's pretend that Mac, you know, that they're not completely done with Mac, you know, and, and we talk a lot about, you know, them being him being in his own head uh, and a lot of this being mental at this point, partially because of, you know, his own doing. What are you what are you giggling about? I'm laughing because Matthew Slater said we had a pretty good time in Germany until the game. <laughs> It's like, uh, like Belichick. You have the two, like when he first got there, he's sitting there smiling. Oh, Belichick's in such a great mood. And then you look at this press conference and it's just, you know, same, there's, same old there's, bill. <laughs> there's national media bill. And then there's, uh, you know, uh, heading into games like Super Bowls and things like this. And then there's, uh, then there's local media bill. They're two totally different people. Um, so Bill's always, when he knows the lights are on, he's always smiling and, warm and asking questions and ambassador of the game um but uh in regards to mac jones and again you know this is where we started and this is where we'll end it um you know so much talked about like how much of this is mental i'll ask you this question what's better for mac jones psyche right now uh giving him a break or is giving him a break going to break him for good I think you just got to – I think you keep him in there. I, You have to know what you have for next season. And Mac Jones is the only remote, real, remotely realistic option for you next year unless you are able to have enough draft position to get a good quarterback. So I just don't see what benching him does. Like you're already losing. If you want to keep losing and he's one of the biggest reasons that you've been losing, well, stay with him and see what happens. I don't see what benefit putting in Bailey gives you at all. Even in the split seconds you see of him when Mac is so bad he ends up on the bench, Bailey comes out and somehow looks just as bad, if not worse. So, like, yeah, I'm no, I don't think that doing putting Bailey Zappi in the game does anything for you short or long term. You gotta stick with Mac. And if they do put Bailey Zappi in, I think it again, it's just a really scary showing of how badly this team has lost its trust in Mac Jones. And that's a real long term problem. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we are going to hear, we're talking about Mac. We're going to hear from Mac and then Matthew Slater, some more comments in the locker room. I want to talk about before we go, but this is Mac Jones. As we mentioned, a couple of the things being asked about was both, uh, the hail Mary situation and, um, and then also the, the, the trust, uh, aspect regarding Bill Belichick. What's important to watch here is, uh, just 
how he looks when he's answering these because, uh, you know, there's always questions of body language, but I mean, he's pissed and he's rightfully pissed. I mean, he played bad. They lost. You expect someone to be upset, but just let's check out Mac here uh, talking about those two things we just mentioned. No clue. I mean, we, there's two seconds left and it was, I mean, we needed 60 yards. So I don't know. Yeah, they just told me I was out of the game, so I, I wasn't playing very good. So uh, I got taken out of the game uh, before the two-minute drive at the end of the game. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what it was. Do you feel like Coach Belichick has you know, full faith in you as the starting quarterback of this team? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I got to play better. So, I mean, to make people believe, you got to be better. So I'm not sure. I don't know. He looks shook, man, dude. I think he was he was probably crying before or after that, because you like I've been listening to Mac for a while looks, now. I've shook. never heard him like that. Yeah, he Just sounded like him. he was on the verge of. Yes, that's tough, yeah. man, and it sucks because these are still. I know, like he deserves criticism, and as long as we keep it within the confines of football, when we levy that criticism, that's fine. But as a human, on a human level, it sucks seeing people that upset and that dejected, whether they bring it on themselves or not. Like I have no doubt. And I don't think anybody has any doubt that Mac works very hard at what he does and really does put his all into his job. And obviously I'm as frustrated as anybody that the results haven't been there, but seeing anybody like that, man, that's, that's tough. And there's a lot of reasons for it, but I don't know, man, that's, that's, that's it. It's, it's tough. It that really sucks. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing is like what gets lost in kind of sports stuff. The, 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 the results mean a lot and people are passionate and that's what makes sports great. Um, but yeah, I'm not <laughs> like, but not doing victory nobody, laps at the guys. Nobody <laughs> wants to see a guy literally wrecked like that. You want him to play better. You want all of them to play better. Um, there's a lot of frustration out there and, you know, justifiably. So this just isn't really what people um, expect from the Patriots. Um, I think this is, and I, you and I came into this season thinking different things. Um, I obviously respect your ability to formulate um, these types of opinions just simply based on what you see and what you thought that they might be able to execute. Um, I was not bullish at all. I thought five wins was very, very, I thought four and five wins was in play, though I thought they would at least outsmart their way to six or seven. Um, so that's what kind of is lost on me here. I would have thought even a a real crap mediocre version of this team should be able to win these Colts, Giants, Steelers, Broncos, Jets games, and Raiders, uh, and at least make themselves competitive, which is why I thought six, seven, eight wins was in play, but I never thought they could actually contend for the playoffs. Uh, what is it from an execution standpoint that's going on here? Because uh, again, Matthew Slater, I did want to get to this comment before we wrap here. Um, Matthew was asked about Bill Belichick, and his answer was, the struggles we've had on the field this year are due to us and our inability to execute. It's got nothing to do with Coach Belichick. Now, obviously, there's an allegiance there. Matthew Slater is returning here and continuing to play and put his body on the line because he believes in the Patriots. He believes in Belichick. No doubt about that. But if you pair this with another uh, comment he had maybe last week or two weeks ago about buy-in and gut check and like how we respond and kind of like almost alluding to, I don't know if the guys in this room are going to respond, but we need to respond. Um, when you're, when you, when you're, when, when things are kind of going like this, it's kind of where you see where the character of this team is. I don't know that Slater necessarily has much belief or some of the veterans necessarily have belief in the character of this team beyond the guys who've been here, or the guys who've won a ring. And that would be Andrews and that would be Slater. Uh, you know, and there's others there as well. I just don't know that. Um, I don't know. You look around the room and you're like, yeah, we've got enough people to kind of pull us up and play with some pride and play with some guts. I, I, I don't see it. And why would they? Most of the why people that were on the team when they were doing well and, you know, before Brady left, most of them are gone. So there's not a lot of people that you can lean on and say, yes, like the DNA of this team is better than what we think. Dietrich Wise stopped saying it after the first few weeks where he was like, this team is not as bad as we think. And now he's not singing that same tune anymore. And then to your point where you didn't think that they were, that you thought they would have five wins, but they might be able to outsmart themselves to more. 
my prediction, and the reason I thought they were going to do well was I thought that their defense was going to keep them in every game. I didn't think they were going to light up the scoreboard or anything like that. I thought they had top 15 offense potential, and I thought that Mac would be able to put games away late because I thought the offense would be functional and they would be able, like you said, just be smarter and be efficient and calculated. They only gotten blown out a couple times. They've been in every single one of other than the Cowboys games and the Saints game. They've been in every game in the fourth quarter. Like there's not a lot of times that you've entered that part of the game and been like, they're screwed. There's no shot. They're winning this game. They've had the chance to do it. And if Mac and the offense could actually finish these games, then we're talking about something different, but they can't get the drives that they need to put these things away. And when you say, like, what's the problem execution-wise, the problem is everything. It's just, there's a billion problems. Guys aren't catching passes. Mac isn't throwing catchable balls. Pass rush getting there too fast. Defensively, pass rush isn't getting there enough. There are also guys that are getting wide open because of coverage breakdowns or poor, you know, whatever. It's almost everything except the rushing offense now. Only the past, like, two or three weeks, kind of, could you really say that the run offense – isn't something that's holding you back. The run defense is the only thing that pretty much this entire season has been consistently good. And I understand injuries have really screwed this team. I really don't think you can underscore how much the losses that they've had or the people who have been injured have hurt them. But even still, like we talk about every week, there's opportunities for them to win and they don't capitalize on them. the defense more often than not is the unit that takes advantage when the offense is just like here. I don't really want to I don't really want to play well against you guys. So here I'm not I'm going to overthrow this pass or, you know, I'm going to I'm just not going to take advantage of an opportunity. Here you go, Patriots defense. They've been able to capitalize on those situations. The Patriots yeah. offense, when defenses try to give them layups and make things easy, they always get in their own way. So. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, looking at now, looking at this team, I'm surprised they won any games at all. But it's frustrating <laughs> because this is probably the best bad team. And it's not like they're the Panthers where every week they go in and you're like, there's no chance. They really don't have any shot at winning this game. The Patriots come into every game with a chance to win it. And that comes through until the fourth quarter when they completely give it away. That's the most yeah. frustrating part is they're like you, you say every week, they're irrelevant and they're boring. And that stinks because they are somewhat competitive and they have not been so bad that they're walking into games and it's like, well, they have no shot. It's constantly opportunities. And, and it's, it's every single week they can't follow through. And, and, and I don't know if that's maybe a good thing, not even a good thing going into next season because the roster is about to get gashed because they have so many free agents and you don't know who's going to come back or even wants to come back. It's the, I guess uh, the, um, the the uh, I said we were going to try to end on a positive note, but we kind of blew right by that. Sorry. Uh, this is the <laughs> no. I, I'm saying what I'm going to say isn't necessarily that sunny either. Um, where you're going to end, I think again the feeling of despair everyone has is like you know any Boston sports fan has seen ups and downs and this and that, but when you see glimmers of hope, like, you know, and I always harken back to like Drew Bledsoe's first year, that was a five win team. It was the best five win season we've, we've seen here, you know, ever because there was hope. It was like, ah, finally something real, you know, and like you can start tying things together here and this is going to feel this, this is going to be a lot better. Okay. We're in the conversation now. Um, there's, you you're you're in the worst place you can be as as an NFL team right now, which is at, at not at quite the end of a rookie quarterback contract, but at the point of a of a rookie quarterback uh, who you now realize isn't the guy, and knowing that you have to start over there at the toughest uh, position to address and to fix and to be good at and competent at in in all of fo football, and obviously the most important. And in addition to that, you have almost nothing around it that you necessarily think is is good to build around. Um, you certainly have a couple of keepers. Yeah, I think Farmore and Gonzalez there on defense. Judon, you know, getting older, but he's still a very productive player. And there's other people who are playing. You need players all over the place playing competent football, and you've got those. Uh, you've got a couple on the O-line. You've got a couple on the D-line. You've got Peppers. You've got John Jones. You have some you have professional football players here. If you can bring back a base of those, that's great. But you need such major upgrades in so many premium positions. That's the hardest part is addressing tackle, quarterback, and receiver, and tight end in one season is extremely difficult. So you know no matter what. This isn't a, well, the NFL you know, rewards, you know, rewards the teams at the bottom and they try to make it better and they try to fix you so you can flip a switch and go from five wins. So yeah, you can go from five wins to 10 wins, 11 wins with a softer schedule and some good draft picks. 
but the Patriots can't because they have to fix so many things and the things that they have to fix and the leaks they have to plug are so big and so hard to plug in one year. It's a multi-year process. So you're entering it knowing, and that's the fear and the danger of drafting either a great receiver or an elite quarterback is you might have to burn two years of their rookie deal with them just floundering without really being able to get much out of them because you're so deficient in so many other places. So you're going to grab a rookie quarterback and put them behind this line. Uh Oh, you know, so you got to do a lot. And that's where I say, like, <laughs> I might first thing I might address before you put anybody on this team is the big guys up front. I'm not saying you don't take a stab at a franchise quarterback if it's there because you don't get very many shots. You're drafting top three, four, and one of those guys is there or you can trade up to get them, you do it because you have to. But anything short of that, I'm looking at O-line and I'm looking to draft as many you know receiver-type people as you can, round two, three, four, <laughs> five, you know, pay somebody in free agency, do whatever you have to do uh, and see what you can do to get there. But, um, you know, it's just, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. And again, I don't want to put you back there, you know, back, back where you were, you know, when you were watching the game, but yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yep. That's a move. I'm also, I'm also pretty bummed. <laughs> but we're done. We're going to wrap. Uh, we're well into the one o'clock window. Enjoy your shows. I do want to mention here and I'm, I don't know if we have a graphic for it to promote. It's my fault. I didn't ask for it, but I'll verbally tell you guys that, um, the guys from Pat's pulpit are going to jump in here and do a post game show of their own coming up at the half at halftime of the one o'clock games. So not too much later here. You want to jump back on here and get a great take from uh, Pat and Matt from Pat's pulpit. Pat's nation podcast is going to do their post game edition coming up right after there. It is this guy friggin'. Um, this is great. These guys are awesome. They're knowledgeable. They bring the heat. They're passionate. Uh, you definitely want to jump in here um, and watch this show for a little bit more Patriots action uh, and break down and get some fresh perspective on what's happened today, what's going on this season, what happens next. Uh, and I think that's where we're at here in terms of you know what we're looking at, what happens next. So again, uh, check out the Pass Nation pod. You can also uh, if you need a reminder, because you're watching, you know, seven screens and tracking your fantasy matchups uh, and all of those things, just subscribe to the channel. You'll get a reminder when they're about to go live or as soon as they do. And you can jump back on here uh, when that happens. Also, make sure that you subscribe uh, to uh, the Pats Nation podcast and uh, basically everything Taylor Kyle's is a part of because you're still going to get great in-depth analysis. Uh, check out the post-game write-up over at clnsmedia.com and follow Taylor for uh, terrific uh, analysis uh, throughout the week as he breaks down uh, his film and looks at what happened, what can happen better, uh, you know, what what if if someone's going to find something to make you guys feel a little better, it's it's Taylor. He'll find it. He'll find it. I'm He's trying. working for it. I'm trying. <laughs> He's working. Thank you guys for hanging out. We do appreciate it. Uh, oh, and, and the thing I didn't mention, probably should have some clarity on the Bill Belichick contract situation came up today. Um, it's an interesting story because it does change the narrative a little bit. But a few weeks ago, it was uh, reported that Belichick has a contract extension and therefore firing him might be something that uh, the Patriots would not consider. Um, turns out today that that contract extension really really only runs through the end of next season which means his fate is very much up in the air um uh there robert Kraft and, was asked about it today and was kind of non-committal about anything but yeah and also ian reported that they'd want compensation if and the ian compensation is in play and i know that was floated by florio at pft some people crapped on the report um but that makes perfect sense. Um, and you can kind of see where this is headed this off season. Um, anybody expecting Bill Belichick to be fired during the, uh, or some sort of switch to be made here during the bye week I don't think that that's coming. Uh, unless, unless the team they're going to trade him to is ready to deal right now. So if they, if Washington wants out from Ron Rivera and they want Bill to coach the team the rest of the year and, 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 and forever, who knows? But I, th all of this stuff is going to play itself out at the end of the year for sure. Thank you guys again for watching. Enjoy the rest of your football Sunday here. It's frigid in New England, so you might as well just hang out, watch football, and make sure you follow CLNS Media for more Patriots coverage throughout the day.